There is hope for us yet We are young, we are I am Laura McCowan. I am Holly Whitaker. And this is Home Podcast. And so we would begin. Hello. Hi. How we be? We be good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Actually today, I mean, for both of us, it's a big, really big day. And um right? Yeah. Yeah, great things are happening. We're bringing, gonna bring some exciting people on, and yeah. it's, it's getting fun. Well, it's been. I mean, it's getting fun. It's been fun. It's getting different. It's been fun. It's been so fun, but it's just getting, it's getting better. It's like you know, it's it, taking its own life, and, or it's taking its own life. It's killing itself. <laughs> no, it's, it's not taking on not suicidal. It's taking on a life. So. No, today was great, and tonight um, we are. What are we talking about, Hall? We are talking about uh, eating disorders, and yeah, we're talking about eating disorders. You and I were actually re-recording the first bit of this because we had a an issue with our with our um, a technical issue. But you and I were talking. Um, tonight's Tuesday. This will air tomorrow. We were talking on Sunday, and we were going over what we were going to um, actually address. And I get questions all the time um, because I've talked a lot about uh, about being bulimic and binging and purging and something that I, I did right up until early 2000, late 2013, early 2000, no, late 2013. And I often get requests for people from people um, asking me to talk about this part. And I'm always hesitant yeah. to because I don't, I haven't researched it. I don't understand it. I don't understand body dysmorphia. I don't understand. It's, I think it's a much wider and deeper and uh, it's a much different beast, even though it runs parallel to addiction and comor- you know comorbidity. I I find that it's 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 something that a horse of a different color, and so I've avoided it. And then you and I got to talking on Sunday, and and, yeah. and I I don't even remember what it was. You said something, and then and it, we just got into well, talking. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think we had. I didn't think I had much to say about it. That's and- right. And you did, and you do. So we, right, I started, I started thinking, you know, talking, just talking out loud, you know, like, you know, just going back and forth about what we might say. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking, this was, this is a massive part of my history. It's a huge, huge part of my story. And I have, you know, I have a lot to say. I don't have anything to say from a, um, you know, neither one of us, like we only have our own experience, right? And neither one of us have dug into it too far. I haven't done near the amount of reading or research or, you know, uh, digging in as I have around addiction, addiction. but I, uh, but it's something that is so part of my experience. So we both, you knew you had a lot to say. I realized I had a lot to say and we said, okay, let's, let's do this. I also think subconsciously or consciously we were avoiding this topic because it's heavy it was a lot heavier than I mean as we were going through it you know what it is it's like I was I re I was editing the second half of it today and um it just it got so it's the parts of me that I have still not unpacked 
And just because I stopped doing it doesn't mean I've unpacked it all. And and I and I it will probably take it's it's almost like it's at the bottom of the treasure chest. And it's gonna take years yeah. for me to unpack a lot of the stuff that came with this. And we started it's just for me it's so um it's still so painful to go back because a lot of my stuff, and I think a lot, I think this might be true for universally true. I think a lot of our stuff comes with eating and body dysmorphia at a really young age. And yeah. for me, that was the case. And I don't go back there. I still have a lot of work to do on, on that stuff. And I, we went, you know, going, going into Rehashing this, is, it. it's going to places that I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily go that often. And it was really surprisingly um, painful. Exhausting. And I know. exhausting. But, but it cuts. It still cuts. It still does. Just because I haven't really spent a lot of time going back to that girl and telling her it's okay. You know, I've spent a lot of time with the woman who is on her floor of her, her apartment in her, you know, in her late 20s and early 30s. I've spent a lot of time with a girl that was, you know, that girl. But I haven't gone back to like that the you know the anorexic chick in high school um, yeah she's like you know anyway yeah and I think I realized as you were telling your stories and I and I you know told got into mine that ours are similar in the way They're that so they start similar. but I think I think they end <laughs> up being very different um and you know I think my not going back there or my not, you know, my heaviness around it doesn't feel the same as yours. It's not, I, I think that it's something I, I, I'm saddened by. I'm really saddened by it, that it took so much of my life and my energy and my time and my, and that I thought it it was so consuming for me really in my teens and all through my twenties. I feel sad about that. I really do. And I feel a little angry for not just me, but for, you know, all of us, all of us women and girls that, that this, this is so consuming. So yeah, I, it, it was, it's been, uh, it was really good to talk through it, even though we both left the, the last recording, just, we didn't have even, we barely basically hung up on each other. We didn't have, any, we couldn't, we had, we couldn't, we were done. We didn't have anything left, but you know, since then, I think we, um, well, it's what, what real quick, I think it's funny. Like you we started out the same way. And when you say that you, what you just said about what your sadness is around it, that's not what my sadness is around it. My sadness isn't about lost time or mistakes. I mean, I think like, I'm okay with that. I'm not. I'm, no, it's sadness for her, for me, for her, the girl. That that. That's what I was going to say. When it, what, what really touched, that's exactly what I was going to say, which is she was like that. I suffered more during that time than I did any other time in my life. Like the 15 through 21 um, yeah. I think was probably the most painful period of my life. And well, it was a big, it was, I mean, think about it. It was when your dad left. It was, it was a right. massive period of your life. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Um, but I'm not angry that I had to go, like, I, I kind of love, you know what I mean? It's just, I love my story. I love all of it. I love, you know, I love that. I think you have to go through these things in order to make a life sometimes. And that's, I feel very privileged that I made it through and that I, you know, Anyway. Yeah, I guess it feels like the and we can get into it after this. I guess yeah. it feels like the part of our of, of my story that I don't know what it was for. It seemed like just um 
you know, like I, I sort of understand why I went through addiction. I understand why I, and why I still go through, I understand, uh, you know, even relationships and all of them and all the pain and all the beautiful parts, the body stuff, it just feels like a burden that we, that's been placed on us. I don't understand it. I don't feel like, oh yeah, that was worth it. That, that 15 years was, you know, it was, I, it feels, it really truly feels to me like lost time, my twenties, because it is the, the thing I thought about most more than anything. And it was that it was a waste of my precious, precious energy. There's a pavement song and the lyrics are, I wasted all my precious time. I waited it on, I, I wasted it on you. And, if, and the song is about a person, but that's how I was thinking in the shower after we recorded. I was like, that's sums up how I feel about it. I wasted all my precious time. I wasted it on this. Um, so wow. there's a sadness there for me. Yeah. It's, mm. No, it's in, I, mean, I don't, I feel very, as much as you feel like it's not, I feel like it is. Like, I feel like it was, um, I feel like it was just one thing for another. I feel like it was all, it was all the same. I put it all in the same basket. I see it all coming from the same place and yeah. just moving from one to another to another. I, you know, I just, I see it as the, the whole, you know, the God-sized whole or whatever it is. I see it all. Yeah. And, and I think it was, um, I mean, that was, I think it's, I don't, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it that way. I see it, I see it differently. It doesn't mean, make it, you know, less painful, but I see it as a necessary part of my own coming into being. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get started. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to... Talk about uh, what we're going to follow. So this is part one of a three-part series. This is our stories. Why don't you talk about how we're going to follow up on it? Yeah, I'm so episodes. excited. So we're going to do our stories on this one and then in the, the two follow-up episodes, which will be not the next two episodes, they'll be somewhere down the line in the next month or two, uh, we have two amazing women coming on. One is uh, a doctor and a co-director of eating disorders and research at Harvard, Harvard Medical School. Um, so she is deep, deep, deep into the research of this. Um, and she's also a clinical psychologist. And then another person is a woman is my, my coach and she, her name is Gina and she is a holistic health counselor, um, through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And she, uh, is specializes in addiction, eating disorders, body dysmorphia and anxiety issues. So we're going to have one episode with Jennifer, she's the doctor, and one episode with Gina. Um, and the, those will be really, really focused on the, the treatment side of it, which is what we get you know, asked so much about, and we are wholly unqualified <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> no idea. Uh, cool. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into it. And you're going to go first. The first question is, what is your history with disordered eating? As in, when did it start? What did it look like when it started? Yeah. Okay. So it started very, very early. Um, and early, by early, I mean, I can remember, I can remember even being as a very young kid, you know, my drug, for my first drug was food for sure. And I remember using it to soothe myself. And, you know, I came from a home where food was love and, and it was, 
it was the first thing I remember using to, to numb out. And then around my early teens, I got really used to, or I, I was surrounded by messages around, you know, being fat or weight foods that would make you fat, um, dieting and that type of thing. I stayed pretty innocent to it until I got to my junior year in high school and I was an athlete. I was always, you know, I have, I still have an athlete's body. I'm not, I'm not thin, you know, small, um, but I'm, I'm definitely not big either at all. And I, you know, I've always been in good shape. Um, but I started to, you know, go through as an athlete, I kind of ate whatever I wanted. And I would hear messages like, you know, you're going to pay for that later. <laughs> and I would be like, what, you know, what is that? Um, and I started to slowly, it kind of creeped its way in, into my circles of friends, into my, um, my home life too, that the, just the noticing of it, you know, talking about the food we were eating, talking about our weight, talking about, um, people losing or gaining weight. And my, my family owned a restaurant and we, I, I waitressed there. And I remember one day I was standing by the bread, the, the oven where bread came out. I was waiting for my basket, my bread to put in my basket to bring to my table. And my dad came into the restaurant and he said, he, you know, he said, Hey, and I said, I was, I said, I'm waiting for bread. And he's like, yeah, I see that. And I said, I've been eating a lot more bread lately. And he's like, I can see that. And I remember it like lodging into my brain, like my face grew hot. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like I, I have to do something about this. And so that was where it really, that and the combination of I was going on a senior trip to Mazatlan, Mexico with all of my, my class basically. And the, the idea of being in a swimsuit in front of all these guys that I was, I was so embarrassed anyway, and kind of shy and timid about my body and being in front of them, just the thought of it mortified me. Like there was no way I was going to go feeling the way I felt in my body. And so we all, it, it sort of filtered through the, my circle of friends, this cabbage soup diet, <laughs> and we all started doing it. And I, but the difference was all of them, you know, after a few days were like, oh, fuck this and kind of let it go. And I kept going and I kept losing weight. And then, you know, I, I didn't stay with that particular thing. But what I started to do was be really aware of the fact that I could stop eating. Mm-hmm. Like, like I could just stop eating mm-hmm. and how it gave me this really crazy sense of power and control over myself and my situation and it's like kind of an internal private world that nobody knew about, you know, and I started to, I, I went into it and I got to a point where, you know, I was, I remember weighing myself and I was 145 in my senior year of high school and that's like a really healthy weight for me. I have always weighed a little bit more, um, just I'm muscles or whatever. I don't know. And so that was a healthy weight for me, but I felt huge. And when I, by the time I went to my senior trip, I weighed 112 pounds. And 
I, my body is not supposed to weigh 112 pounds. I was so sick and I knew the calorie count of toothpaste. I knew the calorie count of sugar-free gum. I knew not only what I ate today, but, and what I was going to eat for my next two things, but what I had eaten for the past five days, I knew every single bite, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a total obsession and I exercised maniacally. I, it was, it, be, it consumed me. It hundred percent consumed me mm-hmm. and I both loved it. I loved the attention I got. I got a ton of attention um, until it got kind of scary. And then I got sort of negative attention, but I got a lot of attention for it and I got um, people noticed, you know, and it was, I remember sitting up one day in my house, it was the summer, that summer before college. And I was so, you know, beyond hungry. I, what, what that did to me is it completely numbed me out. All I could feel, feel was hunger. So I had no feelings. I had no sexual drive. I had nothing. I was just hunger or not hunger. You know, I was, I was just, that was it. It was narrowed down to that. And that was both great because I, it, on some level, I wanted that control, but it was also really terrifying to me because I knew I couldn't keep it up forever. Like, I, I didn't know how to then eat regularly. Like, I didn't, I didn't know how to eat anymore. And everything I looked at was just like, oh, that, you know, food is bad. Like, food, any kind of normal food, anything, the things that I used to eat, I just would be like terrified of them, like actual physical fear of going near you know food I think it's so interesting too because like didn't you feel also like for me this was I mean there was there was I don't think there was any depression I suffered as great of a depression as when I wasn't eating I think that that was probably the darkest and the lowest and the lowest of the low because there isn't I mean because you are looking at it like in this way of there's no way out of this I can't eat normally I have to keep this up there's no way out of this and and I'm not going to let myself get fat so I have to stay in this yeah I remember there was that like Cheryl Crow song um god I don't even remember what it was but she was talking about I've been living happy oh no it was just it was in a movie whatever it was a every day is a winding road or whatever but there was just one song one part of the song that was like I've been living off of caffeine and nicotine nicotine yeah and that was what I was living off of and that was and it was and gum and that was like anyway but it was just this like this bear this this bear barely making it barely alive yeah I do hollow it's a hollow hollow feeling and I'd never experienced that before it it was terrifying and yeah I totally remember waking up in my house my bones hurt my it hurt to sleep um it hurt I could you know it hurt everything hurt I was cold all the time in the middle of summer I am a hot bodied person like it was just I was was cold all the time yeah (laughs) I was really sick and I remember thinking I can't this is exhausting. How am I possibly going to keep doing this? But how do I get out? And um, yes, depression, God. And I, um, so that, that I went to off to my freshman year in college, 112 pounds, terrified. Um, And when I got to college, I especially got a lot of positive attention for it because People didn't know how I used to look, you know, to them, this is how I was supposed to look. And I was tiny, 
and in scary looking. Um, but it made the anxiety that much worse, right? Because now I was, I was like, how do I, how you do I do keep this? It up. So I, it, the way it really flipped in my first year and a half of college though, into a deprivation from deprivation to, I would let myself, I was always afraid to let myself drink in that last year of high school because when I drank, I would eat and um, I would oftentimes like binge on eating. And, and when I went to college, I, that's what we started doing all the time. I started drinking a lot, lot more and I would sometimes be able to not eat, but a lot of times I would binge and it, the binging got more severe and more, more, um, scary and just more, more volume. You know, I had access to like pizzas in the middle of the night if I wanted them and I would often eat and then throw up and it just started this loop of obsession about now it wasn't just how do I restrict but it was how do I restrict then how do I binge then how do I drink then how do I not gain weight and so it was constant balance of that and I felt like I had, you know, I felt like my restriction had been this, been this rubber band that pu was pulled so far back. And when I finally let it release a little, I w swung all the way to the other end. And I gained between my freshman and sophomore year, like 65 pounds. And I was miserable. I mean, so miserable because I knew how tiny I had been. <laughs> and it's embarrassing when people have seen you and you gain that weight you know every every moment was embarrassing and shameful and mm -hmm. self-hatred just self-hatred and that yo-yo that you know that um that uh oh god that um self-hatred and self-loathing just that cycle of trying to beat down my body and beat it into submission to be skinny again was what I lived with for the rest of my twenties, um, all through college, all through moving to Boston, all through everything in my twenties. And I found as we were like getting ready to, um, do this episode, I went back to my journals. I have a whole box of them. And what I, I pulled out this, letter that I had written or what's well, not even a letter this thing that I had written in December 11th of 1999 this is when I first moved to Boston and this kind of just summarizes the whole decade <laughs> hmm. uh, so, so I'm gonna read it it says I'm angry because I have not achieved my potential as a person because I am afraid I'm afraid because I feel overweight I'm afraid that I can't take control of this I'm afraid that I, no I will never fully realize my potential physically. I'm afraid that I will never feel good about my body again. I'm afraid that I will fail. I'm afraid that if I, I lose weight, I will gain it back. I'm afraid of disappointing myself. I'm afraid that others see me as a fat person. I'm afraid that I am out of control of my body. I'm angry because I am fat and I let myself get this way. I'm angry that this is an issue for me every single day, every hour. I'm angry because I know I am beautiful. I'm angry because I know I am better. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's better. 
Yeah, and you read that last time when we first recorded this, and all I can think about, and it's the same thing, which is that just mimics so much of what what I was writing, you know, in, I mean, not only do we have this similarity in common that every single journal entry I ever wrote up until um, up until the last few years was about wanting about either wanting to quit pot, wanting to be better, wanting to change myself, wanting, you know, feeling like a failure and all of that. But this was that what that like is such a mimic of what I of my list of fears I wrote out um, in January 2013 when I first stopped drinking. And it wasn't about food, yeah. it was about alcohol. But it's just so it's just so similar. It's just so yeah. strikingly similar. It's the desperation and the obsession and the the yeah. the self well the self worth and the self worth it's just like what you said it's so funny because I remember when I I was um at one point in my life I I was I guess when I was God maybe twenty three I was I uh, uh, I I'd gained weight and I my um when I graduated college I was at I was just on the higher end of the scale. And I remember apologizing to my friends about it. And my friends, my two best friends, they'd always had real bodies, meaning they just, they'd always had real bodies. And, um, and I had always been the little one. And I remember like apologizing to them about it and explaining to them like something about like my level of control over it. Like there is just such this like inherent, like I'm supposed to do better than this. I'm supposed to not, you know, like I'm, I, you know, there's something wrong with me if I can't, you know, if I, if I've gained weight, there's something wrong with me anyway. And I just, yeah, I, I know that letter. Yeah. I know uh, that letter so well. So you, so what, what is your history with disordered eating and when did it start and what did it look like? Yeah. So, um, to be honest, I probably, like, growing up, I was exposed to it from a really young age. My best friend when I was growing up, an next-door neighbor um, that I spent a lot of mealtimes with was always on some sort of diet from, um, from what I remember from a very young age, like, before nine. And my, I remember this, and I also remember that, like, you know, something about it being special in my and finding one time like my mom had diet something in her diet powder or some shake mix or something in her cabinet and um and being excited that my mom had been on a diet you know and yeah. so there was this like there was I guess a fascination from it with it from a young age and um and the first time I became real body conscious was when I went through puberty or before I went through puberty, like, or as I was going through it, I don't know what it, what it was. But when I was, you know, I was always pretty tiny. And then when I went, like, between fifth and sixth grade, I to kind of put it into, um, I weigh, right now, currently, I weigh anywhere between 115 and 120. And when I was in the sixth grade, I was about six inches shorter and I weighed um, 120, and so I went from being I went from being a pretty small size uh, to in a very short period of time gaining a lot of weight. I mean, I gained a lot of weight when I went before I grew up. I grew out, and I just there were a couple of things that happened in this time that were a really big deal. Like my um, I had a when I was in the fifth grade and it started to kind of come on, and I I had a uh, my boy my boyfriend before he became my boyfriend but Jeremy Rokels if you're listening um (laughs) started to call me big butt he called me big butt he and the boys like came up with a nickname and so he later on became my boyfriend but I was B my my nickname was BB and um and that was 
No, it was not happiness. And then no. my, I just, there was these, like, there's these like, things. Like, you remember with the bread, you know. I just remember, I remember with, I was standing in front of, you know, my sister's, my sister's mirror in her room and we were in bathing suits and my cousin was there and my thighs were touching and my either my sister or my cousin pointed out that my thighs shouldn't be touching and I just I looked at them and they you know they looked they looked like big thighs and I remember looking at my cousin's thighs and they just had this like there was no curvature to them <laughs> they were these straight beautiful legs and I remember thinking that that was wrong with me and then when my sister and I when I was I guess like still around in that time I had I had cellulite on my stomach and I um my sister told me that that was cellulite and it was cottage cheese that was it's that was what it was called and and so um so she called me CC for short and so it was like you know these things pile up especially when you're young and and I just and it I you know I I had a, a good friend of mine who was very very thin and we started taking diet I think I got into trouble for taking diet pills numerous times and I just I wanted to so not be fat and then um then I went through puberty and I grew up and I got thin and and that was fine for for years and and then in high school um I started inching up again and I can't remember why but I just I think like and I got my car my girlfriend my best friend and I would go to like I mean, we would go to buffets and, and yeah. I don't know. Like, I ate a lot. I loved – I would eat, like, Whoppers for breakfast. And I, you yeah. know, just started inching up again. And then, um, yeah, so I – like, the, the you know, my the real severe eating disorder stuff, aside from, the, you know, the, the self-loathing and the, like, wanting to diet really didn't come on until my senior year in high school and I was probably about 130 it was my senior year in high school and I just I was out to dinner with my family it was around Christmas and I had told one of my one of my best friends um her boyfriend had cheated on her with another friend of mine at another that went to another school I found out about it I told her and I um I was at dinner and the guy uh, I had a, a pager because it was 1996 and the guy um, <laughs> uh, le- he left me a voicemail and um, I checked it during dinner and essentially said um, he was going to kill me and I lost my appetite and I remember it like it was yesterday I remember what I was wearing um, because so is- yeah okay we can't just totally gloss over that he's gonna kill you he was just a really rich, spoiled fucking kid, and yeah. he his he always got his way, and he was just like uh, gonna he was gonna kill himself, and then he was gonna kill me, and um, okay. I kind of believed him because he was fucking crazy. So anyway, um, so yeah, so I just couldn't eat that night, and also at the same time, my boyfriend at the time was older than me. He graduated high school a couple years ahead of me, and he was uh, in the navy. He was back visiting, and he was seeing another girl, or he'd had sex with another girl and he was commenting on how tiny she was so these things kind of converged these things converged into this like I have control over my appetite um Jeremy likes tiny girls and then um and it it was also the same night or the same it was the next night Christmas Eve I lost my virginity um to Jeremy and so all these things happened at once all these things happened at once lost the appetite lost the virginity um 
you know, started to see that maybe if I was smaller, I could, you know, keep interest of a man. And from there, it was just, it was just easy. It was just easy. I lost weight so fast. I mean, I had never, it had never occurred to me that I could just stop eating. I'd watched (sighs) all of the movies on anorexia and it had never, ever like stuck. And then it did. And I lost, I went down, I was like probably 130. And at one point I was down to below 100 pounds. And it wasn't, you know, this crazy wasn't this crazy? I mean, I was stick then. I mean, I was stick then, but it wasn't this crazy. It, it wasn't like it wasn't. It seriously wasn't like the you know after school special thin. But it was. It was. It was alarmingly thin, and I got a lot of attention from it. And it's also you know it's interesting because we're gonna actually talk about you know one of the specific questions is how alcohol plays into this. But this was the time that I started. My one of my best friends was out of high school. She was a year ahead of me. She had an apartment. I'd go to her house. I would drink a six pack of beer and not eat and that was that was it and I I literally subsisted off of juji fruit I was so I just like for some reason juji fruit had a six it was 600 calories in an entire pack and so I would eat a pack of juji fruit a day and because I could have 600 calories I allowed myself to have about 600 to 800 calories a day if and I mean we were talking in the same as you I knew it I knew it in the sugarless gum I knew it in the toothpaste my um I would have every morning for breakfast half a bagel that had 110 calories and I would put five sprays of I can't believe it's not butter spray on it and I would just like my days were consumed by food my days I remember I worked at I worked at Long's Drugs at this time I worked at a drugstore which also had a ton of groceries and all I could see was food that's all I could see all I could see was the food all I could think about was food I knew and I hated everybody that could fucking eat because I couldn't eat and it wasn't even like it was this weird thing where I forgot how to eat I forgot and it was hell and I can't yes I tried I tried so hard to not be so fucked up about it I remember just like wanting it to be taken away because because I knew too it was like I knew too much I knew too much and I mean, I even, I bought a book on fat, what the calories were in everything. Every I, book. Every, yeah. yeah. And I remember I um, I was like driving my car to work and I was I was reading it while I was driving and I got in a car accident with a police officer. I mean, that's how obsessed I was. I was just like, I wanted to know the calories and everything. I wanted to know the calories. And so, you know, it started out as this thing of control and I loved it. I loved it. I loved how I looked. I loved yep. how much attention I got. It was very dramatic, you know, like... Um, you know, Jeremy was very concerned about me and, you know, people were very concerned about me and it was just, uh, you know, I mean, my mom would weigh me in the mornings and it was just, I would, I delighted in it because I was getting, I was getting the attention that I otherwise, um, felt that I wasn't getting and I wanted it to be this like dramatic thing. I wanted people to worry about me. I wanted people to see that there was something very, very wrong here. Oh, and that's so funny because I hated that part, but I, I no, get it. I was like, dying. I mean, I was dying. I was dying. My When my dad left, my mom went back to school. My like this part of my life is like the this is like the darkest days were when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Um, they were just dark, dark days. And I, yeah. I was I didn't know I was alone. I mean, my sister left. My mom went back to work. My dad left. I was just like alone in this world of just like and I was falling apart. I like barely I barely graduated high school. I mean, if yeah. I had missed what they basically had said, if I missed one more day, 
they wouldn't graduate me. And I was like, we're talking, I, I had gone to, you know, I'd always gotten four point whatever. I'd gone, always gone like 4.0 and above because I'd done, you know, I was, I was, in, I was very, 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 very scholastic at one point in my life. And, and here I was and I was, you know, I didn't know how to eat. I was drinking a six pack of Coors Light a night because Coors Light had 100 calories in it. And I, oh. um, yeah, anyway. So it was just, yeah, so for me it was very much like I dug that attention, I dug that suffering part, I dug I dug all, all that came along with it, but I also was just trapped in this hell of not knowing um, how to eat again. And then um, when I, I left for college when I was 18, and I remember my mom packed me a box for my car and she put a, she put a pack of red vines in it in, in my car in my car and and I just remember um on the way driving away to college I I ate the whole thing and so there was the same thing as you which was there was a shift where I couldn't control it anymore and then when I started drinking more when I was in college it was the same thing I would you know I'd control it throughout the day I found balance you know balance bars came out and they had 200 calories in them and I would eat six a day exactly and I would control it so well but then I would get drunk or I'd get stoned and then yeah. I would um, always sneak off early with food and my roommates would make fun of me. I mean, and this is like the part that just kills me when I think about other girls that go through this. They would make fun of me. They were like, you know, like they called me like cookie monster and all sorts of things because oh. I go home and I, we had a fry daddy. I would fry everything. I would take like I would just I would eat anything. I was like a fucking trash. Like I was a garbage yep. disposal. I'd put whatever had fat in it in my body because I was so deprived of it. Yep. And it's the same thing that happened for you within just a few months. I blow, I gained, uh, you know, I gained a lot of weight. I was bloated. I would, and I wasn't very good at purging at this point. I had not perfected purging. And so the food would just stay in me for days. I mean, days. I remember like going on runs and listening to yeah. Radiohead and like feeling my, feeling like that pain, you know, that pain yes. in your stomach from it stretching out and just yes. feeling like my insides were coming undone and um so yeah I mean you know and so it it just like that's how it started and I will say I can't remember how I got out of it the first time I do believe a lot of it had to do with um when I was like 19 I I uh was high on meth and cocaine I kissed my best friend's boyfriend at the time and I um I ended up leaving um, San Luis Obispo and moved back in with my mom. And I just kind of got my shit together in a different way this time. And um, and I, I went back to my normal weight and I stopped binging and purging um, for, for a few years. And I'll, when we get further into the questions, I'll talk about how it evolved. But for me, it was like a doctor put me on Zoloft. I went on Wellbutrin. I mean, I started to take antidepressants and, and that was um, – that did create a big shift for me, but um, but I have to be clear that in this first part of it, it was very body image focused, and that was not yeah. how it ended, but for me, that was how it started. It was very yep. much about um, how I looked and wanting to look a specific way and my worth being seen as... Um, if I looked good, then I would be then I would be worthy. If I looked good, then I was worthy. And so it was all tied into to that to begin with. And that's not how it ended, but it is how it began. And and so yeah, it's um, I mean it, it started for me. It started when I was you know when I was when I was very young. When I was you know when I first hit puberty and I was 11 years old and and um, and. I mean, for whatever reason, you know, got a lot of um, 
You had a lot of taunting about it. And then it just evolved and, and I, it's, you know, it kind of subsided around 2001 um, when I went away to school. I would, I would you know, I'd binge and purge occasionally. Like, like, for instance, if I went out to dinner and I was drinking and I wanted to keep drinking and I ate too much, I'd go make myself puke in a bathroom stall so I could keep yeah. drinking. But it wasn't right. like this, like, pathological thing that I was doing to control my weight. That went away. Yeah. Um, that went away around 2001, 2002, 2000 three I guess I don't know somewhere in there two, probably 2002 um no no before then yeah about 2000 anyway whatever it doesn't matter it went away for a while and I'll talk about why it came back and how it evolved um in the second part because I think that's really interesting um but um, yeah oh, so so many similarities it's crazy I I think you know I think a lot of I was thinking too about how I use laxatives like that was oh, my other way and I, diuretics right Yes, of trying to like get this food out of my system mm-hmm. and how gross that was. And just, it's so violent. Yeah. It's so well, you just are trying. Yeah, I mean, you'll do, like, you hate your body. I mean, it was just, like, for me, it was I didn't give a fuck about my body. I hated it, and I wanted it to do what I wanted it to do. And I, I was more on the diuretics. I got way into, like, ba- like balancing my water, like, just trying to be rid of any of it. And, and that was whole like hell of itself I got completely out imbalanced through fucking around with diuretics and um damn so all right yeah. so let's to keep it going let's um move on to the next question which is for you how did it how did it evolve yeah I, I okay so you kind of got a little bit into it but um one thing that I you know when you were talking that I thought of it just also paints sort of the the picture of it was when I was in college, I, I thought I was fat. And honestly, I was, I was much bigger than I am now. I wasn't comfortable, but I um, was so caught up in this like private hell loop, you know, and I went to a party, like this big, big party. I had a date. It was like a kind of a formal type of thing. And I went to the party and we all got really drunk and I left the party by myself and I went to the grocery store And it was like in the middle of winter, I walked to the grocery store and I wandered around in the grocery store opening bags of food. I remember Cheetos because all the orange dust and just scarfing this food down. Donuts, candy, Cheetos, and and just gorging myself completely, walking around the aisles of the store and, you know, stealing their food. And I left after I was like, you know, full and the guy... Working at the store was like, bye, you know, like, okay, we saw you, but see you later. And I, and I remember returning to the party. So you got, you were drunk and you just went to a store and you basically stole food out of the bag? I was drunk. I stole food out of all kinds of bags. I just wandered the aisles stuffing my face. (laughs) My God. And And they just let you? They let me because I probably looked like you know, drunk and sad. I don't know. I, they let me, I was in this black dress and I went back to the party and my friend was like, where have you been? You know, like, Hey, he probably had no idea how much time had actually passed. And I was just in this just pit of self-loathing, you know, mm-hmm. that, and I made myself throw up when I got back to the party. But I remember waking up the next day and thinking, this is hell. Like this is where I live right now in my mind is is total hell. How old were no, you? 
I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was towards the middle of college. And I just, I was, I, you know, I was at this party. I felt so ugly and fat all the time yeah. compared to everybody else. I, all I could see were bodies, you yeah. know, bodies in my body. And everybody else looked better and had boys that were chasing them and I didn't and I was so desperately sad about it and empty and I went to that I left a party to go to a grocery store and like <laughs> stuff my face it's not funny but it's I mean it's not it, funny it's at all, so it's... not funny but I, I you know as you were talking I'm like god I, I remember that it was a really really sad sad moment um <clears throat> Anyway, so how it how it evolved, um, I I continued to battle it through my entire twenties. If I look back at my twenties, the sort of foremost sensation that I get, or the foremost you know memory that I get, is one of battling my body first. Um, there were a lot of things that happened in that time. Of course, I moved to Boston. I you know, had several jobs. I went to grad school. I met my, you know, who would be the guy who would be my husband. And, but I, I never, I never ever, the, the thing I thought about weight and my body 24 seven. And it did move from body image. It was always about body image. Um, but it was, you know, it shifted into a self-worth thing. And, when I met my, it was really, you know, when I, late 20s, early 30s, I met my, um, the guy who I would marry, and I got happy for the first time, and, and I started to, you know, kind of like my drinking sort of took a back seat, my body stuff took a back seat in that time and I I let it go and I started to my weight really started to even out and um I also started to do yoga which was huge um to get into my body to really feel my body and I that's when my weight started to really really even out um and I I remember around that time uh in those in those years thinking I just I can't carry this thing on my back anymore. I don't want it. You know, I don't want this weight thing anymore. I don't care if I'm fat. I don't care what I look like. I just, I, it needs to go, you know, I, I need to be free of it. It had been what, 15 years of it being, you know, the, the foremost thing on my mind all the time. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And I just kind of dropped it. And I, you know, I'm sure it wasn't so stark as that, but that's how it feels. I feel like I just kind of like with drinking, like I'd reached an exhaustion point with it. Yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and then, and I stopped thinking about, you know, somewhere along the line there, um, a combination of also the drinking taking over. So, my drinking progressed to such a level that I just didn't want to drink. I didn't want to eat when I, you know, I was drinking so much that I didn't really have much of an appetite. I also started teaching yoga and doing a lot more yoga and I got anxiety, which is a great, um, uh, you know, weight loss plan. Um, after my, I had my daughter and I got 
very, very small again. And it sort of never, I, you know, I, I, I leveled out after that. And even though the drinking was an issue, I, I had dropped the food thing. And I don't, again, I don't really know where it dropped, but I stopped battling with my body. I started really appreciating my body definitely after I had my daughter. Um, I kind of fell in love with my body and I, I would think about it. I never, I would think about food. I never stopped thinking about it in, in that I'm aware of what I eat, but I don't flog myself over it. And the, it just transitioned out. It was like a piece of baggage that I just stopped carrying. Um, but of course the, the, the alcohol addiction was there and you know, that, that was so, it, you know, the, the two are so close still, I would still binge after I drank, you know, and I would still kind of feel like crap about it. But I think the, the, my alcohol, uh, you know, alcoholism, whatever I, my problem with drinking had progressed to such a level that I really stopped eating. Um, so I wasn't gaining weight from it anymore. Uh, and I don't know that I really overcame it all until... Honey, I, I just... You've answered like one, two, three, and four. I'm sorry, but this is like... I know. I don't know. It's like... I mean, it's like all the way through. I And I've, I mean, the only problem is I've broken it up. Mine, I've broken mine up so that it, so that it, you know, but it's like you've, you've kind of answered the whole thing. I don't know how to say how I overcame it. I don't know how, don't know what the answer is. I don't have an, a wrapped up answer. I mean, no, but I know, but I mean, answer. but it was like, but it, this wasn't over, this was, that was the fourth question. The third question was, how does it deal with your drinking? And we haven't even got there. You know what I mean? It's just like, you've answered one, two, three, and four, like you're done with the whole thing. And I still have like two, three, four to go. That's all I'm saying is it's not very back and forth. It's kind of like the, like you kind of took, you've yeah. answered the whole thing. So. All right. So let's. Um, I'll just, I'll go back and I'll just answer that. I feel like I got into the, how it evolved in the first answer. So I then don't just, know I mean, just say, then just say that, just say that. And then we'll just yeah. skip okay. back. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So the second question is, um, how did it evolve? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I talked a lot about it in the first question. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, I don't know that I need to go to go into it anymore. Really. It evolved, you know, over the course of 15 years and it took different shapes, I guess, but it was mostly very similar to yours about it, at the beginning. It was about restriction and then it really got to be about managing this beast that was, you know, that was, um, a balance of the food and the alcohol and the exercise and, uh, never, you know, n never being comfortable, never being comfortable. Yeah. Um, that's really how it evolved. And until when you, you know, say never being comfortable, you mean like never being comfortable in your body, never being. Yes. Okay. I, I constantly uncomfortable in my body. I was overweight. I mean, not significantly, but enough that I was, I hate, I really had a, 
deep loathing of my body, the way it looked. Do you know what's so funny? As we're talking through this, it's just like, I remember really clearly, and this is, I hope this isn't like too far of a stretch, but like, I, I remember really clearly, I was in, I was in the Hamptons one time. I was, I was at a beach house with a man that I was seeing and he, he was very, I don't know, observant. Um, and he was, we were looking, we had a stack of us magazines and he was pointing out, he's pointing out women's knees. Like he was pointing out like <laughs> how, how like in a lineup of women in short dresses, like who had the best like above knee leg. And I just remember at the time I was, I mean, my body was probably at that point the fittest it's ever been in my whole fucking life. Yeah. And I just remember at that point thinking how, 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 terrible my above knee area was you know that fold oh above God. your knee well that's like my yeah. one of my spots but it's but I'm just thinking about this because there's this sense of at that time in my life if I look back at pictures of me oh my god my legs were so good they were so good I worked out all the time I was 20 I was in my not I was in my was I in my 20 no I was in my early 30s whatever and I just like it's so funny because we're never comfortable in our body right like even when it's great and at this point, like my legs comparatively now to then are so different. Oh yeah. my God. They were so different. Time is cruel. But at the same time, it's just one of those things. I think it's just fascinating that you probably through all of this were gorgeous, even in, you know, in, in all these different incarnations. But it's that, but it doesn't matter. It's that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I look, I look at those pictures and I showed you one and I'm puffy and not, I, I was like big, I was bigger for me, you know, yeah. but I would, I would look at but these You still pictures. looked really pretty when you, that oh, picture yeah. that you showed me today, you looked really pretty. See, I look at it and I just know exactly how I felt in yeah, that picture. Yeah, and you felt ugly. I get it. Ugly and, Ugh, and sad, sad and sad. And the... You know, I would I would stare at pictures of my old my old pictures from when I was skinny and just obsessive. I know. Oh my god! Right? Ugh. Yeah. God. I couldn't even. It was so painful at one point because I did. You know, the same thing. Went puffy. First skinny, then puffy. Um, I could not look back at those pictures without just like my tear, without tearing apart. Because I was like, how could she do – how did she do that? Like, I wanted so badly to be that girl again in Mexico in a tiny little bathing suit, you know. And, like, I just – oh, God. I thought I, – I honestly – I romanticized that thinness so much for so long. It was very yeah. – it was haunting. Haunting. It was very haunting and, and 24-7, you know, like I had written. So that's – yeah, that's how it evolved. It didn't really change, you know. It didn't – nothing changed. Uh, my life – evolved a ton in the decade of my you know, 20s and early 30s but that was that stayed pretty tightly you know front and center it was it was um it was a big monkey yeah, it's so back. interesting because mine mine did mine evolved um I like can cut my life up into like three specific three like three or four different eating disorders like and and how it kind of manifested quiet periods in between but like so I said when I um when I was, I guess when I was probably, I don't know, I, when I moved back in with my mom and I went, then I went to school at UC Santa Cruz and, and in that time it just wasn't that big of a deal. I was kind of just average, meaning, my, I mean, I probably wasn't, you know, so self-loathing, but I also wasn't so, um, yeah. I wasn't doing anything about it. You know, I would run, I would, you know, whatever. I, I went to the gym. I mean, like, you know, I, I guess I got healthier in that period of time. It's when I started doing yoga too, but I was, it just wasn't a thing. And then, 
And I, I guess so when I was my first year at Deloitte, I was dating I was dating a boy there and um he was really we had just we had a crazy terrible abusive relationship and uh, I was working it was when I started when my working my hours started to escalate but also um, he just he was kind of in my space like he moved in across the street from me he would come over to my apartment and like we would get into drunken fights and I couldn't get him out of my apartment I mean he was just so in my space and he was so controlling and uh, it just came out of nowhere um, and and came back very, very quickly to haunt me. And oh. I started um, I started binging and purging and in, and ended up telling him about it. And then it got and then it, it got worse. He he started try, like as one of his tactics to fucking control me more. He went and he started doing research on it and he like knew more about it than I did, you know, and he started yeah. trying. And so the, and then that just exacerbated it. And so I, you know, so I, it kind of like came back with a vengeance um, out of nowhere. After years of it not being a thing, it became a huge thing. I would eat all of my roommate's food and throw it up. And then I'd have to go to Safeway and buy all of her food uh. to replace it. And, um, and this also kind of around the time I started drinking by myself and um, a lot. And anyway, I moved to San Francisco. I, I moved to San Francisco. Like part of the reason was specifically to get the fuck away from this guy. And... I, when I moved to San Francisco, went away, went away, like completely. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years later, when I, uh, when I started dating, um, when I started dating the, the man that I, I was in a relationship with before, right before I stopped drinking, uh, I, we were together for a weekend. It was another situation where I felt totally out of fucking control and like I'd given up some sort of power and, he dropped me off at my friend Sally's house. I was, she was out of town. I was cat sitting for her. I go into her house and she only has health food. It didn't matter. I ate like five pounds oh. of dried mangoes and nuts and trail mix. Right. And like endless. Anything. Right? Anything. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and for me, that's when it started again. And here's an interesting thing though. This was never like, which when, when that thing happened in early, in when, I guess when I, when I was dating that boy, when I was working at Deloitte and living in San Jose, I, um, and then this, and, and then again, the second time when I was dating the other man, it stopped being about food and body image. This is not about food and body image. This is yeah. not about like a. This is not a rebellion. A rebellion against having trying so hard to control it. Though I did work very hard to control my weight. Believe me, I was. I it was always on mind, and it's always been on mind. It still is on mind. Um, but it, these, this was so not about about attaining an image. This was about. Uh, numbing out there was something so perfect and clean about these times when I would be you know I would very carefully I knew what I was doing I would order the food I would have the food delivered I would you know meticulously eat through it and then I would go into the bathroom and I would you know I'd have to do it in like three or four you know like I would eat and then my stomach would get so full I'd have to go and throw it up then I'd come back and I'd eat more and then I'd throw it up and then I'd come back and I'd eat more I would do like like three or four and then I would I mean it it was just this process and then I would throw the food out and then I would clean the toilet up and then I'd get in the bath and then I was done 
And it was just like achieving for me. It was not about like, this is not about weight control by any measure. This is so about how I would feel when I was done. It was like taking a shower. It was. It was like a cleansing and a detoxifying and a numbing out. I would just sit there, watch TV, and I would eat, you know, I would eat. Because you're just spent, right? I mean, you're completely spent after that. No, I mean, while I was eating it, I would sit and I would, I mean, it was part of, I would numb out with the food. It was an escape. When I would, when I'd be there with my food, it was the, it was giving me the same effect I would get if I was smoking a ton of pot, which I was also doing at the same time. But there was a, it was, you know, like the, the, the hungry ghost thing. Leave in your body. Yeah. I just needed to fill it. I needed to fill it. And. Uh, it's so interesting because when you start to like learn about how this stuff manifests, you know, a lot of this stuff is all root chakra. All this stuff is just this feeling of safety, this feeling of, of being held, this feeling of, of, you know, it's just your most, you know, your most basic instinct of needing to feel, needing to feel whole. And it was filling a hole. It was, you know, the latter part of the, the, of this. And, and it was really serious for me when I was my last, my last, you know, couple things. And, and I kept on binging and purging after I stopped drinking. It took me a good like nine months after I stopped drinking to stop doing this. Um, but for me, this was very much about, um, this is very much about filling up something in me that was miss like putting something in that was, that was missing. I, it would do yeah. this, it would hit the same exact, it would run, it ran the same lines as, as all the other stuff, uh, ran and it was, um, Anyway, so yeah, at the end I was, I was, I would, I mean, there were, there were times I would order, like order in a hundred to two hundred dollars of food. Um, and I would, um, spend, you know, hours doing this. It was, it was really, really bad. I spent like my last, there was a five week period where I spent about, oh, four thousand dollars on food. Um, my God. It, which is like for me the part the part that got me the most was I mean I I basically maxed one credit card um, on on ordering out food as I was you know because this is the, an acceleration I I bottomed out in 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 many ways and this was one of them which was I I mean I maxed a credit card on waiters on wheels and um, get not GitHub but Grubhub so yeah. Anyway, it's just it's so it's so it's so very similar to the drinking. I mean, it's well, like you said, there's the never same. enough. It gets more. The hole gets bigger. Um, you you know, I mean, I was and at the end I was using, you know, I would I was very crafty. I was very good at making myself throw up and I was very crafty about whatever I'd use to stick down my throat to make it come up. It was just, you know, and the bloating. Oh my god! Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So it it evolved in from an eating disorder from something that was originally intended to make me look really good, which didn't. It? Yeah. Um, and it evolved into something that was just one of my addictions. It was just one of my things. It was yeah. one of my the ways that I made myself feel better. Yeah. So. Oh. I know. I when I talk about it, it's very. Um, I don't talk about it that often, and it's not because I don't want to talk about it. It's just when I. It's just so heavy it's yeah I get so it no I get heavy. it yeah I, I I know I know I was out to dinner with somebody who had read my blog it was I was on a date and he was saying something about his own body shit and I said God. and I just said I can't I don't like I told I don't diet anymore I mean I specifically don't I can't diet I can't go on no. a diet and um 
it was just so funny because I don't think about it that often, but he's, he had read my blogs and I said something about, I can't, I can't talk about, I don't want to talk. Like he was asking me how much I weighed and, and something about something. And I just said like, I can't diet. I don't diet. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, I've had eating disorders since I can remember. And he just, you know, said, oh, that's right. You know, it was just like one of those, I don't know. It was one of those things that in that moment when he said that it was, it's so not part of my story. I don't talk about it that often. It's just kind of a, I always think it's like a footnote. And then, and then we're sitting there and I was like, it is a thing. It's a very big thing. It's a very big thing that I tend to dismiss and I tend to set aside and not really focus on because, and I don't know why I can't figure that one out because it's actually a bigger part of my story than than alcohol is on some level. So anyway. Yeah, I get it. No, I get it. And and I don't know why I pack it away either. But your you know, your story is different than mine. I didn't go quite so far into the, the <laughs> that. Um but I, you know, just like with drinking, like it's all relative, you know. I mean you you your pain is is pain and um I d I pack it away too. I don't know. Interesting. So the next question is, was there a connection between your drinking and your eating disorder? Totally. Completely. Um, Initially, I don't know that there was. Oh, you cut out. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? You need to start over. Start over. Say, initially, I didn't. Yeah. Initially, I don't think that there was. Yeah, they they weren't too connected, but they quickly got connected, you know, and like I said, in college, I would, I would drink so that I could eat because I or, you know, I drank to not to feel I drank both to feel and to not feel it was interesting because not eating made me numb. All I could feel was hunger, right? All I could feel was like it minimized any emotions to to nothing. All I could feel was my body and, you know, that was my sole focus. And alcohol let me feel and that, you know, and I both loved it and feared it for that reason. Um, So it started to get connected there. And then, you know, really quickly, the the alcohol in college and, you know, definitely through my twenties became, it became this thing that I needed and wanted, but also hated because I knew it was like, like making me fat. (laughs) And, um, so again, it was like this constant, you know, the food and the alcohol and the exercise, I was constantly battling and trying to manage. I don't know that they were ever, you know, except for maybe the very beginning disconnected. I, uh, and certainly at the end, you know, I, I can see now that, like you said, they were both, I was trying to kill, kill, you know, what was happening inside with, with food. And I was trying to kill it with drinking. Um, and I didn't have a healthy relationship with either. And then, at towards the end of my drinking, I, I couldn't eat. I had no appetite for eating. I would, you know, it used to be, or it, it was where I would drink and then I would binge. Um, but I start, I lost that, you know, it's like the later stages of, of the progression of it all. Yeah. 
malnourishment you can't eat you have no appetite yeah and um, i just did i wasn't interested you know i wanted to drink but i didn't really i, I didn't want to eat it and that was fine with me like that was fine i don't need to eat like i you know keep the keep the weight down yeah. um so it, they were they were totally linked i don't think I, I think that's obvious through our you know even our conversation so far is they they come from the same place they do the same thing um they're they're totally linked yeah but i dropped the food thing i dropped the food thing before you know i dropped the the alcohol um yeah long before you know maybe five six seven years before that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah i kind of made my peace with food and i'm in my weight stayed normal you know but it's hard to it's you know funny though that right when you make yeah. your peace with it there's this um in a, a return to love that one part where she's talking about that one woman who said whose prayer was just you know, God, if you can't make me 10, it's like, God, if you can't make me 10 pounds lighter, just make me okay with my body as it is. Yes. Right. And, yes. uh, I, I don't, I don't know how, it, for me, it was a really profound thing to read, which was just make me okay with it rather than make it different. Um, which is what I think has happened in, in my, which is what is, what, what it is like today, but it's, yes, there's yes. just a piece. And then, um, and then miraculously with that piece, comes the desired weight <laughs> totally. on some level. Exactly. No, absolutely. It's, I can like plot it ex- to, you know, it, it so happened like that. It's like I dropped it and, and then I dropped the weight <laughs> yeah. and it's when I stopped trying truly. And it's so hard, you know, I, I would try to stop. My mom would always say, don't think about it so much. Don't try so hard. And I couldn't not, I couldn't, let my grip go um, until I just got exhausted. I just wore out. Yeah. And then I then it then it went away. And that's exactly like that. I I love that piece from from A Return to Love too. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading it and, and thinking, yeah, that that that's how it felt with um, with relationships. It's how it felt with food and my body for sure. And and oh gosh, yeah. How about you? So uh, the question is, was there a connection between my drinking and my eating disorder? But also yeah. I'm going to answer two things because the second question of this is, which you've already answered is, is how did I overcome it and what changed? Um, yeah. So I'll put those two together. So there's clearly a connection between my drinking and my eating disorder. And the, the, the connection for me was at first drinking was, was the thing that cha- it, I mean, throughout it, there's just different, it played different roles. One was, the drinking substituted eating when I was when I was starving myself. The drinking allowed me to start eating when I was over starving myself and couldn't do it anymore. Um, the drinking replaced the eating. I mean, I've I've always you know I've, I've I would say I've always ran somewhere in between a food obsession, a drinking obsession, a pot obsession. Uh, you know, I mean, I've always been killing myself in at least one way, and so food was just kind of the rotation. Um, and then the the it really became intertwined when I in the lat in the last couple of years and you know I broke up with this man that I had been with in 2010. I was living with him at the t- or I was moving into his apartment at the time, and uh, he um, 
we broke up really brutally. Like, I mean, he just one night laid over in bed and told me he wasn't in love with me. And so I, I oh. moved out and, and I've told this story before. I took his wine. I took all his wine. He had really nice wine. We had just gone to wine country, <laughs> bought a lot of nice wine and I took it all. And, um, and I started drinking it and I lost a ton of weight. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat. Um, I, you know, I, I was like 130 again, my body gravitates towards 130 at the high and it drops down to like, you know, a hundred, 110 at the low. And again, I went through this really massive shift in weight loss when he and I broke up, I could not eat. I'd lost my appetite. I, you know, yeah. I dropped 20 pounds and the drinking became again, very similar to when I was younger. The drinking was what I had. I smoked a yeah. lot of cigarettes. I smoked a lot of pot. I drank a lot. And then when I started dating the next man who was very, who wasn't controlling, it just, he, there was a, an element that made me loot, felt like I, for various reasons I can't legally, can't get into, but like we, I, I lost control in this relationship and I started, you know, and the food came back and this time it was not, it was just the food came back because, um, I, I needed, I was dying. This was at the end of my drinking. This is when things were falling off the rails and, I needed every tool I had to fuck myself up. And food was just part of that. Drinking, food, pot, cigarettes. Um, tragic relationships with men. I rotated between yep. those five things to <laughs> basically, you know, to take myself down. And so um, so it was, you know, and, and a lot of times it looked like, I mean, the binging and purging also really took on a new life of its own because I was drinking so much alcohol. And if I had let that alcohol stay in my system, it would have meant really bad things for me. And so I had to throw up the alcohol as well because um, I would drink. I mean, there were days that I would drink three or four bottles of wine and I'm not very big and that's not very good. And so <laughs> I would throw it up just so I could keep drinking. Yeah. And um, so, you know, so and I'd sometimes miss the mark and. But um, so anyway, that that's how it all kind of was intertwined. And I stopped drinking first because that was the thing that was killing me the fastest. And um, then the food continued and actually exacerbated in its absence. And for the nine months after, it was um, I went off with sugar, and um, it wasn't as it wasn't as I would dense, meaning I didn't do it every night like I was doing it before. Um, but it was still rip-roaring bad. If I had a bad week. You mean you the know, binging and purging. Binging and purging. It, was, yeah. it wasn't It was as constant. It was just – but it was still as as extreme when I would do it. And then as I started doing all these other practices, um, as I started to do yoga, and I st- – I mean, all of the stuff that I did to make myself come back alive from drinking – um, I just stopped one day and I don't even remember how I, I don't, but I just know that I, um, I, like I'm fucking so upset right now. I don't even know why I never talk about this shit and I'm tired, but <sighs> there was just like a point where I couldn't kill my, like I couldn't keep doing that. There was something so I would like, when I would do it, I would black out. I don't it's even, violent, right? It's, it's so violent. violent to shove that stuff down and then like I was at the point where because my gag reflex was going I would take like toothbrushes I would take anything that was long chopsticks forks whatever I could find and I would like I would fucking stick that shit down my throat to make it come out and 
And when I would do it, I would black out, meaning I couldn't even look around. I couldn't look. I would always do it with my eyes closed. I could never look in the toilet as I was doing it. I could never look around me. I would very quickly go and get like rags and bleach and clean it up and then walk away, like light a match, walk away. And I just was like, there was something that was so becoming so obvious about this, which was I was detaching and I could see myself detaching. Like I actually had to leave my body in order to do this because it was so fucked up and it was so violent. And so there just came a time where I was like, I can't do this and I'm not going to do this anymore. And I was strong enough because I've been doing all this other stuff. And I just did the same thing that I've done with, with the drinking, which was like, I will not fucking purge anymore I can't I won't and I made I made a deal with myself if I binge I have to keep it in my body and that for me for somebody that's terrified of gaining weight um that for me was enough I don't know how else to say it that was enough and there you know like and I stopped and and I stopped in about I want to say November but I can't remember um but you know for me it was doing amino acid therapy that was a huge part of this um I that was that was probably the thing that helped me the most was amino acid therapy. I mean, that was um, because that, it like you it it balanced you or it balanced it rebalanced me, and I didn't have crazy crazy cravings like I did. But then you know, but it's funny how this stuff works. When I took coffee away, and I you know I had no more stuff. Um, I was when I was doing hip sobriety school the first time. I just started to get into not binging, but that same behavior of of um, you know Mary Vance once told me there's a difference between you know you don't use you use food to nourish yourself not nurture yourself and I was crossing that line of nurturing myself with food I was coming Uh, home from long days and I was going to Chipotle and getting two bags of tortilla chips three sides of guacamole which is too much food it's just it's binging and and it was and I knew it was binging because I would make sure and have like I'd watch tv for a half hour I'd you know I'd I'd do the same like methodical setup to like for numb out and yeah. um, and that was when I took the coffee away and I added the coffee back in because I wasn't going because it does this stuff rides the same lines. There's still the hole. I'm still filling the hole and yep. I probably will be filling the hole forever. Um, and there was just I had removed something that was, you know, that, that had then triggered this reliance in this, you know, I was I wasn't purging it, but I was definitely binging. I, I mean, I gained like 10 pounds, which isn't a ton. But at the same point, I was just I, I know myself well enough. I can't lie to myself. And I was using food. I was using food as a coping mechanism again. And um, uh. so. So, yeah. So that I mean, so I stopped. I, I drank, started drinking coffee again and went away. And, um, you know, and, and I just for me. I overcame it in in a, a way of of just becoming more and more fucking okay with myself. I don't, you know, like yeah. we talked about this before in the perfectionist episode. I don't. I'm not hard on myself for being hard on myself, and I can't yeah. explain the, the importance of this. But there are days that I'm not comfortable in my body, and I give myself permission to be uncomfortable in my body. There are days when I fucking hate how I look, and I am cool with that. That is okay for me. I don't sit there and beat the shit out of myself and say, I wish I was different and I hate myself for hating myself. I just allow myself to fucking, some days, not really like how I feel and not really be stoked that my, you know, stomach is bloated from my period or whatever the fuck it is. And so I'm just easy on myself. I let myself be human. And I also don't like, I, you know, I just do my best to try and not obsess about it. And, And that for me, the freedom comes from just being 
from letting myself not eat perfectly. The freedom comes from not dieting. The freedom comes from not, you know, being hard on myself when I'm hard on myself. And, and it is freedom. I mean, with me and food today, like we, we have, we have an understanding, you know, we have a nice understanding and Mm -hmm. it's not perfect, but I love it. And I wouldn't trade, you know, I mean, it's for me, it's, you know, it's, it's been a long time, you know, in in the making. It's been, you know, like 20, you know, I started when I was 11, you know, and I'm 37 and, you know, 25 years of, of food, you know, and body. Yeah. And the food thing, I, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a a lot of friends about this too, is the food thing is tough because you have to eat, you know, you don't, (laughs) you don't ever have to drink again, but you have to eat. It's like part of, you know, it's part of everybody's life. You're not going to escape it. And so learning how to live with it in peace is God, it's, um, it's, it's It's really hard, hard and so important. I, you know, I love the way you said that though, that you and you and food have a agreement now. And I, I, I feel the same way. I don't, I don't eat great a lot <laughs> and I'm totally <laughs> and fine, I'm fine with, with it. it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and sometimes I do and I know how to take care of my body and I always know yes. kind of how I, how my body feels. I can feel my body now, you yes. know, I can feel, feel myself in my body. And a lot of that is, is not, um, you know, a lot of it is, is yoga and a lot of it is all the things that we do to sort of, to, be you know to self-care um that I've learned 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 but uh some of it too I think honestly some of it was having a child some of it was growing up (laughs) you know growing up and and I I don't know maybe that's putting it too like in in too much of a a flippant way because I know you know my mom's taught worries about her weight you know still a lot more I think than than I do and um, you know, so it's, I think it's one of those things that, um, it's never, it never goes away, but it's, you know, like what you said, if you don't feel like shit about feeling like shit when you do, you just say, okay, like you're All here right. today. Yeah. You're here. Yeah. And I know there'll yeah. be days that I feel better in my body and I know there'll be, day, you know, it's just, it just mm-hmm. is, it's, you know, it's just something that I, I try very hard to just let be and, and it works for me. It works really well for me. Um, yeah. I, you know, yesterday, like some days I'll eat really healthy. Yesterday, my niece, it was my niece's birthday and I had, you know, one and a half pieces of cake and also I, you know, I mean, I ate like shit yesterday, but I also balanced it out. I came home and I knew I needed protein and so I made myself eat an egg and I had a piece of cheese and I drank a bunch of water and it just is, I, like you said, it's interesting because I now know my body so well and I know what it needs when it needs it and I know when I'm pushing it and I know um, like, I know if I, you know, I know if I, in the afternoon instead of having a piece of like toast with almond butter and a cup of tea. If in the afternoon I instead stop at Starbucks and I get a, you know, whole milk latte and a Justin's peanut butter cup, I know that I'm going to pay for it. And sometimes yeah. I'm willing to pay for That's it. And sometimes right. I'm not willing to pay for it. And I will make exactly. the choice. And it's just based on knowing where I'm at, where my anxiety levels are at. You know, I just, I kind of am really careful with, with following my body. And I also know how to correct it when I, you know, when I've, when I've put bad stuff in it. And, but I just, for the yeah, most part. And it's a, but don't you feel like all your decisions come from a, uh, such a more peaceful place? I mean, yes. I, I felt like I had no control. I mean, truly felt out of control 
all the time. Yeah. You know, all yeah. the time. It was my first thought upon waking and it was my last thought of, you know, upon going to bed is my body food, my body food. You know, what yeah. am I going to do tomorrow? What's my plan? How bad did I fuck up today? How gross do I feel? You know, and I, and I, I just, I, I don't have those thoughts anymore. I don't, even if. No, um, I don't. I never do it. Like the only thoughts are usually when I'm, when I'm putting jeans on and they feel weird. You know what I mean? Or what? Like, yeah. It's and just, I'm like, it's more like, oh, that's a bummer. Okay, yeah. So but on. it's not, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, you're exactly right. It's just not, it's not a big deal in my life anymore. And I have to say it's, um, you know, like for anyone listening, we'll, like we'll go back and we'll, we'll figure out a way to do this in a, in a way that's more, I think, helpful to what to do if you're stuck in it because I do get a lot because yeah. I talk about my bulimia a lot I do get a lot of emails about it and a lot of women get stuck in binging and purging um, I, I believe like uh, more than I would have thought many more than or, I would have or just obsession about food I mean well and, that and yeah for sure but the binging and purging thing is um, it's pretty I mean it's a pretty you know, it's a pretty devastating place to be um, when you're, especially when you're stuck in it. And um, I, like, and I'm not undermining all body. I mean, all body stuff is is you know crazy shit. But I, but it's the, especially in all, but it is a, especially because it's so it does run a lot of the same lines. I mean, for me, it was very it was right up there with one of my. It's one of my. It was one of my addictions. It was one of my vices. Um, it was like I would plan out and I would you know it was it was an event. It was just like going and buying bottles of wine at the store. And so, um, so you know, we'll have a more we'll have an episode where we actually go into this and what to do, how to you know, and 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 why and 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 that's a lot more um, based on on providing you guys something that's. Oh helpful to you know to pull you out if you're in if you're in this but you know I just I think the main thing is to say that like it you know from from starting to love yourself and starting to do all the things that you do to help yourself achieve sobriety it's the same thing that just ends up allowing you that it's that same place of allowing you to to really truly free yourself of all of the stuff all the stuff Mm Yeah, and we are, we have a few people in mind for the follow up. I think it will be great, and and uh, we need people to speak. I need people to speak that are far above my well, that are qualified, uh, that are qualified, <laughs> and far above my pay grade. Like this is just not where I live. Um, yeah, but I'm glad we talked about it. I think it's I think it was good to talk about, and I'm you know I and hear the details of your story and. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, gosh, it's so it funny. Me... We didn't even realize we had the it basically started, you know, same place. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and it, it it really honestly just makes me so grateful that I'm not. I don't live there anymore. That's not what I. You know, it's not. And I and I so want to help, or to not to help. I, don't, I I do want to help, but I I so want to get you know other people to get there too of not living there because it's it's so when I hear people talking about it and there's I work with a lot of younger you know women in their early 20s and I hear them talking about it um and I even went home um to Colorado over um the or last year and I visited some friends and it was like the topic of conversation was body diet what what you know what are the new workout things you're doing what's the latest diet that you're doing and I just thought, God, I, you know, there's so many better ways that, you know, things that we can live, focus on when we're living, you know, than that. And 
it's it's a really hard place to, to be. Yeah, it's, but it also is. I mean, it's kind of it is a hard place to be, but it's also like there's the other side of it, which is this is our reality, you know. Oh and yeah. And I still like no. I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not there. I'm still swayed no. by magazine ads. I'm still like I still like you know for me we I was I was emailing about somebody re- with someone recently and I was saying. Um, you know, you know, you know, you know how I lost like 10 pounds with when I went through that thing earlier this month yeah. with what's his name. And I was just like, I was still in that place of I've just lost my appetite. And, um, and just like, I mean, I was, you know, I was talking to this one woman about it. I was like, you know, nonchalantly or, you know, saying I had just lost 10 pounds, no big deal, but it was a big deal. I was fucking stoked, you know, I mean, yeah. like, it's just stuff like we live in a society saying, that like, it's yeah, just, yeah. I'm still there in many ways. I just don't I'm not ruled by it I'm not ruled by it like the thing that you wrote in your journal was like like I my life will be better when I lose weight right and I think that so many of us come from that place and I like when I have this then I will be okay and the funny thing is it's more of like when I'm okay then I will be this you know and that is you know for me it was never like I always thought a diet would do it I'm no longer there I'm no longer there I know a diet and a body like a better body isn't going to make my life my life is already made but on the other on the other hand it still doesn't mean that I'm not that I'm not you know like you know, wanting Gwyneth Paltrow's gams or whatever the fuck, or it, I didn't just happen to read the Jennifer Lopez, you know, how I keep my body, you know, in Us magazine. I'm still like, I'm still drawn to that stuff, you know? I mean, this is our culture that we live in, I, you know, but it, but I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I don't, I'm, I'm like evolved past it. I'm just, I, it makes me sad for all, for women. It makes yeah. me feel sad for women that's all that we that I lived there that anyone lives there it's a it's a it's a it's sad and it's a it's such a waste of our beautiful energy truly it's like that's what it is it is Uh, and I like god bless Lena Dunham you know like I think I I I couldn't be more in love with with her and and I think what she's done you know for in terms of mm-hmm. of making what beauty you know she's I for me for me she's like I think she's fucking gorgeous and I love her body mm-hmm. and I think what she's done by being naked all over TV and and just being herself and you know and I mean I know she yeah. talks a lot about like self-loathing or whatever but she's you know I I don't I just I feel like that we're becoming more and more accepting of what beauty looks like and, and moving away from this ideal that it looks like a stick. Hope so. Hope so. All right. Well, this is good and it's long. Um, so that's long. okay. So long. Um, yeah, it's actually not that long. It'll be like an hour and 10 minutes. It's not that long. Um, all right, my dear. Have a beautiful rest of your Sunday. And I'm eat dinner. <laughs> I'm going to go eat something now. That's what I'm going to do. All right. I love you. All right. Bye. Waste oh, that was really hard. That was really hard. You did awesome. Infinitely Before